Hello world, it's time to cue the coach. The world we are living in today has been spiraling out of control for decades in such a way that we are all losing our minds, risking our health daily, and choking on the ashes of a dying paradigm. You don't want to continue living in fear or in conformity to someone else's version of reality, do you? I know I'm done, and I've been done for quite some time now. Wellness needs an advocate. Holistic health, that is. It's time that we rise to the challenge of creating a brand new world with the fiery passion of a phoenix rising from the ashes. What beautiful essence do you possess that this world desperately needs? On this podcast, that is what we are here to find out. Together, let's unlock the pure potential from within. And as Gandhi said, let's be the change we wish to see in this world. And here we go. Episode 27, Earth Day. Hello out there, beautiful souls. Welcome to Cue the Coach, the podcast. I am your host, Michael Malik, and I welcome you today to a special episode dedicated to Earth Day, which, as I'm releasing this, is actually tomorrow. But by the time you listen to it, maybe it will already be Earth Day. There will be Thursday, the 22nd of April. So anyway, the planet and its well-being and our connection to nature is very, very important to me as it should be for all of us as we all live here, call this earth home, and we rely on it to breathe and to nourish our bodies on a daily basis. Although many of us don't treat it that way, do we? And often some of us forget to have gratitude for all that this earth brings to us. So let this episode serve you as a reminder of just how important the earth is to our survival and to be conscious of it, to, to be a reminder to get conscious and connected. And I hope that if you're not already focused on the earth and how quickly we will destroy this planet if we keep going business as usual, that I can at least convince you to look deeper at what actually is going on in the world and how you can act to be the change that we want to see. So I was starting this episode, starting writing everything and getting, getting it moving just, just a few days ago, and it was certainly a very, very chilly day on the day I began recording it. I'm in New Jersey, and it was like 40 degrees, but it felt like it was below freezing um, in the middle of April, and the wind was blowing, the clouds were out. You know, it just reminded me to remain focused on the realization that this earth is drastically changing right before our eyes. And if we are better stewards of this planet than we have been in the past hundred years especially, we truly can and do make a difference in it. So I'd like to approach this subject in a way you may never have heard it before, for starters. Right, and I'm not saying that you specifically and directly cause a major negative impact on this planet by your specific actions and intentions every day. 
I'm saying that we as a collective whole have agreed to live in a society where we are not being conscious of how that society comes about, how we all live together, whether or not it's harming the planet. Sometimes we're awake to those things. If the news media decides to portray one specific disaster at a time in piecemeal here and there to us, but we don't really focus on the entirety of it. And when we do, it becomes a political move that somebody needs to oppose, right? Instead of it actually being something we as a general population are focusing on and refusing to cooperate with if it's in the opposite of what we need it to be. So let's talk about the earth specifically in a way that you may have never talked about it before. Have you ever heard of a microbiome? This is a relatively new term in science and, and the medical field, and it's been an emergence, emergence in our society when it comes to that. So you'd most often hear about it within our scientific community, our health and medical communities, regarding the human gut microbiome and how its diversity is of primary importance when it comes to human health. And this newly emergent field is fascinating. Our gut microbiome and the microbiome of the entire human body makes up over 90% of our human bodies, which means we are less human than we are a collection of bacteria and of their DNA, not ours. Crazy, right? So our bodies and life itself, as it courses through us, are both 100% dependent on a symbiotic or harmonious relationship with these little critters that live within and on us. So that's humanity. That's the human body. That's the human gut microbiome. That's what makes us up. So if we are only about 10% actually human beings, imagine that. There's this ton of life. There, there's all this life that thinks independently of us, right? That makes up our DNA, that creates the food, that breaks down food in our body, that allows us to eliminate food, that allows us to eat food, that allows us to breathe, that allows our bodies to function with blood flow and our hearts to beat, right? So that's all God-given stuff. This is all this symbiotic relationship of nature and harmony, and that's how the world is supposed to work, is in that natural harmonious rhythm. So when it comes to the earth, what about the extended microbiome of this beautiful blue planet we live on? So the same that is true for humans on a microcosmic scale, which is the smaller scale, is still also true on the larger scale, the macrocosmic scale, for our entire earth. So what is it that the planet itself depends upon for life? And how do we as human beings fit into this? Now, this is the perspective we're going to be working with today's episode. And you'll certainly see that both our human microbiome and the microbiome of the planet must work together if we are to survive and thrive on this planet as humans. And yet both are at extreme risk right now because of our lack of taking care of the planet. So let's get to it, shall we? First, let me say to an average human, if you've reviewed peer-reviewed studies on the Earth's microbiome, just as I have done, the terminology can seem overwhelming when attempting to deep dive into this stuff because they, they really talk about all the scientific things that they would love to do to still continue to circumvent and study and analyze the changes without actually using existing science to make a change, right? There's stuff that we know is obviously wrong. 
So I've created this episode today with that in mind. After tons of research on my own, it seems apparent that the scientific community is still currently more concerned with trying to override Mother Nature and force it into compliance, from what I've read anyway, than they are about using existing evidence to insist on drastic lifestyle changes to keep us alive on this planet for more than just the daunting future predictions of 60 years. 60 years, folks. Why, why do I say 60 years? Because that's our reality. We have just 60 years at the most before our soil across the earth is so completely devastated that we will no longer be able to grow our own food. Now, a great documentary on this subject is Kiss the Ground. That can be found on Netflix. It's actually narrated by Woody Harrelson. Uh, so if you need a little bit of a sense of humor from Woody, though, this is not his actual forte in humor. This is him, him just narrating something that we really need to take seriously. So top that off with another crisis, overfishing, and we have a shitstorm approaching. And fast. The issue of bykill, which means the killing of other fish not intended to be caught, when, let's say, tuna is the intentional kill, is so pervasive and unintended marine life is killed daily as a result of this bykill issue in massive amounts, and our oceans are at a severe disadvantage to repopulation for hundreds of species at this point that we depend upon to keep our oceans balanced. So if we keep on going with these commercial fishing nets, with these gigantic nets that just drag across the bottom and take whatever life it can, pull it up onto the boat, sort it out later, who cares what dies, who cares what lives, you know, it's, it's just a horrible devastation and you're, you're tearing up the marine floor that's teeming with all kinds of life that works in a symbiotic relationship with each other, you know, including the coral reefs, which we'll talk about a little more too later. So as a result of this overfishing and the soil degradation, you can then add farm runoff from harmful pesticides that goes into our oceans and between those two things, the overfishing and the pesticides, our oceans are warming at an alarming rate, and our coral reefs, which are the natural barriers to flooding, and the shifting tides are bleaching out and dying as well. So all of our natural defenses, all of the things that allow us to have this symbiosis are falling apart, and we can do something about it, but we're just ignoring the, the real things that we can do here. So what does it all have to do with the Earth's microbiome? Well, I'm going to do my best to explain that here. So just like the balance of bacteria in our own gut, the Earth itself is dependent on this delicate balance of ocean life, life on land, weather patterns, air quality, soil quality. And when this delicate balance is upset, we experience extreme weather anomalies, new illnesses and diseases, and resulting compromised immune system for us and the other animals and plants that live here. The Earth has reached a tipping point where we may soon not be able to reverse or slow its course of action. And why do I say it that way? Because I don't mean to say that we can ever stop Mother Nature from emerging and creating, but I'm more so saying that the planet's course of action will be to eliminate us from the equation, removing its greatest threat to survival on our current trajectory. So, maybe the Earth won't go away, but our ability to live on it absolutely will within 60 years if we don't do something now. So is that terrible? Isn't it terrible? If this doesn't make you upset or sick to your stomach, 
You're either still denying this reality or you're ignoring it entirely, hoping someone else will fix it, going about your day focused on personal survival. I get it. Life is hard just to survive and on our own and care for our families and put the bread on the table, right? But family life itself is in jeopardy if we continue living this way. Aside from just paying attention to this and not ignoring it, there's so much we can do. But I'll get to that later. We're not powerless, no matter who we are individually. It starts with intention, attention, and awareness, and goes so much further than you may think. So let's go a little deeper here on the Earth's microbiome. Let's talk dirty, right? Dirt in and of itself is nothing. Dirt is devoid of life. Now soil, on the other hand, is filled with billions of microbes and is teeming with life. These microorganisms are what allows plants and trees to grow, and depending on how healthy they are, they provide us with the food we need to live, including fruits, vegetables, and grains. But between tilling, commercial farming, and the spreading of pesticides, we've been mass murderers of these little critters and focused on farming practices that allow for mass production and speed of beef, pork, and poultry. The majority of our crops that are left are GMO corn and soy, usually sprayed with glyphosate that are then used to feed, those li to feed the livestock, which in turn has also destroyed the nutrition we used to get from the beef, pork, and poultry. Because the animals don't even stay healthy as we're doing this. They don't want, they, they're not healthy at eating this crap. And when they were all grass-fed, the proper nutrition of the earth fed them. That also transferred to us. And also, it came out in their feces to act as fertilizer for the soil that they were eating upon to grow more healthy green grass where they ate it from. And all, they had to, all you have to do, if you take a look at, like, uh, you know, one, one of the farms that's made headlines in, in many of the different documentary films lately is the Markegard farm, and they show how they allow these cows to gra graze in one particular area for, you know, like 30 days or whatever, and then they rotate them. So they rotate the crops. So the cows are eating and, and going to the bathroom in this one particular spot, and then once they've eaten all the tops of the grass, they move on, and they let all that grass regrow. They let the ground be refertilized, and so on, and then they eventually come back to it. That was when we were doing things healthy, and there are a few places doing this, but 90% of the farms are not. So while, while we're doing this nutrient deficient thing and, and these animal farms that are just disgusting and they, they, you know, fill, filled with these antibiotics and hormones that are being injected into these animals, right? The pharmaceutical industry has been made, making billions off of serving up these antibiotics and hormones to these animals as well and then feeding us vitamins and supplements made in a lab to ingest after or before our food to provide us what is being stripped out of the food from the beginning by these negligent processes. Mind-blowing, isn't it? I mean, I understand the mass production. I understand needing to feed more people. You know, but the effect this has on us is when we eat these antibiotic-infused, hormone-infused meats, our bodies begin to adapt, rendering antibiotics useless. And then this is also wreaking havoc on our hormones, overloading us with more hormones than we need which in turn tears up our body's natural rhythm when it comes to chemical distribution throughout the body, especially when it comes to our children in early development. And then we have autism, ADD, ADHD, and all kinds of hormonal imbalances, and you know, children 
growing hair and, and breasts and, and smelly underarms at earlier ages, all because they're aging quicker because they're getting pumped with these hormones that they shouldn't be producing on their own, but they're getting it from the meat now. Right? It's, it's crazy. It is a crazy, 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 insane process that we're still just stuck in. And most of us don't, aren't even really aware, right? We're starting to become more aware. And that's, that's why I'm doing this podcast in the first place, because we really are starting to get into that understanding. People can actually hear this stuff instead of trying to burn me at the stake and call me a witch or something, right? <laughs> so when we see the big picture, I mean, really have the balls to look at the big picture. This sounds insane, doesn't it? We're producing more food than ever because of this, but with far less nutritional value than we've ever had, even when we were cavemen. And even with all of these, this excess food, we still have people starving around the globe. And now we're running out of land and farmable soil at an increasingly alarming rate on top of that to even continue doing things in this nutrient-deficient way. We can fix this if we begin making the change now to organic grass-fed livestock only and eliminate completely any harmful pesticides and GMO feed and food entirely and immediately. We need to find natural ways to fight the pests that eat these crops, and there is ways to do it. We did it for thousands of years before humanity started using these pesticides, and we somehow still managed to all get fed. So the only thing that's stopping this is corporations with far too much power lost in fear of loss of money, stuck in greed and ignorance. This can be an entire episode on its own. And it's a dangerous one for me to get into for that. But for now, let's just move past that. Let's get back to the problem with the soil erosion, starting with the Great Dust Bowl for an explanation of how quickly things can go south. So when the Great Dust Bowl happened in the 1930s, as a whole, society refused to learn its lesson. And here's a quote from History.com in an article on this terribly time in, terrible time in history called the Dust, that says this, The Dust Bowl was the name given to the drought-stricken Southern Plains region of the United States, which suffered severe dust storms during a dry period in the 1930s. As high winds and choking dust swept the region from Texas to Nebraska, people and livestock were killed and crops failed across the entire region. The Dust Bowl was intensified. The crushing, the Dust Bowl intensified the crushing economic impacts of the Great Depression, and drove many farming families on a desperate migration in search of work and better living conditions. So, I mean, this devastation happened when machine tilling as a farming process was ramped up through machines rather than by previous methods of us farming by hand. As this rapid process increased throughout the southern plains, the microbes in the soil began to die, turning massive farmlands into nothing but dry, unusable dirt. We saw that the problem was not just drought, but was also due to federal land policies and farm economics. So sure, as a result, we created laws and agreements back then that looked good on paper to show the public that politics and the laws would take care of these issues. And many great ideas were presented, but... Sadly, commercial farming practices of tilling and spraying pesticides not only continued, but even in the 1970s it ramped up to much more extreme levels, and this time using chemical pesticides derived from chemical warfare used in World War II. What was terrifying now is that even though the Great Plains bounced back from this back then, there were no glyphosate-infused pesticides when that Dust Bowl happened, and there were ways for us to bring the world back from the Great Depression that followed 
or that was working in conjunction with it. Now today, I don't think we can possibly recover from such devastation without much more death and discomfort. And this time, what's even worse is we should know better. We absolutely should. We do. I'm an average human being, and I kind of have a pretty good idea of what we can do. And I'm always met with, ah, there's too much money at stake for that. Even when I talk to the smartest people, that's not going to happen. There's too much money. When are we going to get sick of that narrative? When are we going to move beyond that narrative? When I spoke earlier about us only having 60 years left to live on this planet, I was referring to exactly this. If we continue in desertification of our soil, which means to turn soil into unfarmable dirt, 60 years is all we have left at most to alter these tragic processes, maybe less, before we can no longer rely on crops for food at all. Droughts are caused by desertification, and rain is less and less likely to be available to transform the landscape in support of life once there is no symbiotic give and take between plant life, air, and clouds. It just becomes a barren desert. Massive dust storms and depression is certainly where we'll be headed again if we continue to destroy our farmable soil. Mother Nature can set it right, but not if we prevent her from doing so. And crazy enough, humanity has the ability to do that now. That's terrifying. It's less terrifying to look away in the short term to just keep going on like this is not happening. Going to the grocery store and seeing the shelves fully stocked with all the food we need. And just going about our days and dealing with our small problems, because that's what they are compared to this very small problems, no matter what you're going through, honestly. That might sound crude, but it's true. But our children and grandchildren might not survive if we don't stop ignoring this. Those grocery stores will continue inflating prices until most of us can no longer afford it, and then the shelves will begin to empty out. So will the employees, much sooner than you might think. More than likely, this will happen all at the same time that our local farms are also devastated from the pesticides and machine-telling processes. And then as the population dwindles, they'll replace people with machines for checkout counters for the people that are still alive that can still afford to be here. But the majority of us are going to be done very fast. That's a scary thing. It's a scary thought. So isn't that enough motivation to pay attention to and to do something about this? Anything we can to reverse this trend right now? I know it is for me, and that's why I'm pleading with you to pay attention too. We all need to get on board with this if we expect to prevent this tragedy. So let's talk now about our oceans, right? If this wasn't already bad enough. Most of our planet is water. And most of that water is our oceans. We're dumping tons and tons of plastic trash into our oceans. And we're ripping life out of them in complete disregard for the devastation it's causing. Overfishing is surprisingly even worse than plastic pollution. Even though the plastic and microplastics created by the breakdown of these plastics is surely devastating to marine life on its own. A fact that I learned from the documentary Sea Spiracy is that a huge majority of this plastic is due to abandoned fishing equipment that's just left in the ocean. So I looked it up in another place after that because I don't just trust the figures of one source when I look at it, but I looked on ecowatch.com that lists a Greenpeace report that warns Quote for quote, fishing equipment makes up more than 85% of the plastic pollution on seamounts, ocean ridges, and the seafloor. That's what they say on that article as well. So not only is commercial fishing ripping life out of the oceans in a massive proportion every single day, but it's also adding more to the trash problem than any other 
industry as well. Crazy, crazy. This is not about feeding the population. It's about feeding the pockets and to the large, large commercial fishermen. Not the, not the little guy, not the little fisherman. You know, just do it doing uh, actual sustainable work, but the, these big, massive fishing corporations. So the biodiversity held within the ocean is responsible for generating the carbon that we breathe, even more so than the forests, right? It is the largest piece of elemental structure on this earth that helps us to breathe. And there's a severe disruption in the food chain happening right now that threatens our oceans beyond comparison, all due to this overfishing. We're destroying and killing hundreds of species to the point of extinction. As more and more species become extinct, the food chain is broken and our oceans are paying the price for this upset. If the oceans can't do their job of sequestering carbon, the oceans warm, the environment changes, and then our precious air that we need to breathe will soon be decimated completely. And then the plants, animals, and humans will not only not thrive, but inevitably will cease to survive. Speaking of our air quality, it's already getting worse and worse worldwide each and every day because of our massive factories, oil refineries, and obsession with building massive townhouses and condo developments. You know, these things are all to blame here, along with animal agriculture. We've cleared massive forests all over the world to make room for these endeavors, and then as a byproduct of this, the air is more dry, more toxic, and less beneficial. On top of that, we got the 5G airwaves, but I'm not even going to get into 5G today. Let's just talk about this stuff. It's enough. This piece of the Earth's microbiome is decimated, drought becomes more apparent, and massive wildfires emerge, taking out even more of our trees. We then see a rise in respiratory issues in both animals and humans everywhere, not just the ones that are close to the fire. That is an obvious side effect of being close to the fire. Also, there's an astounding number of offshore drilling projects spread out all over our oceans. I mean, insane amount of drills out there. I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> ripping the bedrock of marine life out from under them and disrupting the fossil fuels that have been laying undisturbed beneath the ocean for millions of years before we came along. Now, do we really think we can just keep pumping this stuff out from beneath the oceans without consequence? Oil spills that happen more and more frequently are terrible enough, but what happens when that fossil fuel is displaced from the bedrock long enough to leave huge cavities beneath them and potentially cause earthquakes and tsunamis when these massive cavities implode. Are we really going to wait for two, three, or four more devastating events? You know, where, where more oil rigs are exploding just over and over and over again before we put nature before money? Do we have to literally hear that an entire species of shark is completely extinct because there's like five major shark species already that are at 90, 90 or 95% extinct? I mean, how many animals need to die? How close do we get to the final mass extinction event before we make a change here? I really hope we do make a change because I'm, I'm truly losing hope lately. I'm just starting to feel like the world doesn't care and it sucks. It really does. You know, and there's probably been more news in the past year about Donald Trump's hair and his tiny hands than there have been about any of the major oil ring, rig explosions or oil leaks that have been devastating our oceans and other waterways. So that I find highly disturbing. You know, there's worldwide weather reports like this SOTT Earth Changes Summary that you can find on YouTube that gives a month after month after month after month report of thousands of weather disasters all over the world. 
Do we talk about that stuff? No, we'd rather talk about Donald Trump and his tiny hands and his funky hair and how he's a bigot and a racist and all this other stuff. I'm not saying those issues are irrelevant and don't matter. His hair and his hands absolutely don't matter. I don't care about that at all. I really don't. The other stuff, absolutely. The, the racism, bigotry, that's a whole nother stuff, a whole nother episode, a whole nother thing. But, but we need to be focused on this planet, people. So it seems big business still believes we can't possibly harm the ocean beyond repair with our human activity. And truthfully, that is just brutal ignorance to disregard nature this blatantly. If we are no longer savage cavemen, how can those of us with the most influence and power be so negligent of what needs to happen in order for us to all keep surviving and thriving? How can they be so willing to hold on to their stuff that they've actually killed people who have stood up in the face of this? How can you keep doing it? Where is the humanity? <laughs> so this all being said, we're dealing with a perfect storm here. There's a trio of human activities that will rip life right out from under us all, faster than most of us realize. The Earth's microbiome is made up of these three things more than anything else, land, water, and air, and more precisely, the life that exists within those three things. These crucial elements need to be rebalanced, and it's up to us to cooperate with Mother Nature so this can happen. This is all, including us, it is all the Earth's microbiome. So what can we do, the average Joe, as we live out our daily lives over less than 100 years' time on this planet? We can do much more than you think, and it all starts with awareness and what we hold in our consciousness. So let's review the massive contribution each of us can make. We can spend as much time as possible bringing awareness to these critical issues, first of all. You can watch Kip Anderson's films on Netflix, Seaspiracy, Cowspiracy, and What the Health. Watch Kiss the Ground and David Attenborough's A Life on Our Planet. And then follow this up with a, dive in, a deep dive into peer-reviewed science articles so that you're aware of how serious the scientific community is about setting these things right. And match up the science against the documentary and, and see what's the actual fact and what's the opinion and then make your own choice, right? So don't remain focused on exactly what statistic is perfectly laid out by each one of these documentary filmmakers or what's wrong with any of them. Focus on what's right, based on measuring it up against the real world and peer-reviewed science. Build awareness and a true sense of reality, not just the one that helps you sleep at night or helps you ignore the problem. Just so you could say, ah, that's just some crazy conspiracy crap. That is just being a freaking ostrich, people. Don't do that. It's disgusting, and we don't need it anymore. We absolutely need to pay attention. So build your awareness, get involved, let's do this, let's pay attention. Support advocacy groups either financially or just by spreading the word with groups such as Four Oceans, Greta Thunberg's movement, or others that you know, research, and trust to hold our best interest at heart. And be careful here because some groups are out there for financial gain only, and they support the very industries that are part of the problem. But typically, they're not the ones that are not people that are working with Greta Thunberg and stuff like that. There is a lot of conspiracy theory out about all that stuff. Pay attention to the content of what the person is delivering and whether or not it makes sense to be something that we need to be concerned about. And I can tell you the issues I'm talking about right now are highly concerning for all of us. So be, even if just in your mind, emotions and belief alone, 
be the change we need to see in this world. Don't just mindlessly consume things in your daily life that contribute to plastic pollution, overfishing, GMO food production, deforestation, desertification, acidification of our water or processed food production. Be a smart consumer, one that contributes to the bottom lines of forward-thinking companies that are not just selling you a bullshit line to get you to buy their product, but research the brands you use, their methods, their suppliers, their investors, so that we can untie the crafted web that no longer serves us. The more of us that do this and vote with our dollar for the companies that still have integrity and a soul left, the more the bigger companies that are refusing to truly pay attention with their hearts will either go bankrupt or change to be what we need them to be because we won't be giving them any more of our money. So be aware when you're being manipulated by packaging and buzzwords such as products being labeled as gluten-free as sometimes these labels are slapped on food that never contain gluten in the first place. Another is 100% USDA certified organic. Sounds really fancy, doesn't it? But this label doesn't mean that zero pesticides are used and that the land the food is grown on is truly pure and yielding greater nutrition than non-USDA certified organic gardens are. It just means that it passes the standards that the USDA wants. We can do better than that. So do the research. Packages do not spell out the full truth. They only sell your eyes and ears on buzzwords to get you to consume. And if they've sold the narrative on the buzzwords well enough ahead of time, it's just, it's like calling bees to a beehive. So the obvious one though, that we can do is don't throw trash on the ground or in the water, ever. I can't believe I see people sometimes just literally throw stuff right on the ground outside of their cars in a parking lot. And I'm just like, how can you be that rude, right? Be mindful of how much, you, how much waste your lifestyle produces and take whatever measures you can individually to be environmentally responsible. So reduce any single-use plastic and eliminate it wherever possible. You can bring your own paper straw or stainless steel straw to restaurants as well as, and, and also uh, take your own to-go container for food you might want to take, like your own Tupperware or glassware or whatever. Plan a family day with your kids and go out and pick up, pick up some trash pickers, grabbers, you know, those, those things that let you squeeze the handle and it's extended down to the ground so you can kind of grip something with a little, little arm. Get one for, e for everybody in the family. And, and if you can go to like someplace like, I don't know, Five Below or something like that and get a bunch of cheap ones, or you could even go to a um, hardware store like Ace Hardware or something like that and pick up really good ones. And then grab a trash bag for each of you and hit your favorite park, trail, or lake, mountain, or beach to spend the day at. And while you're there, create games surrounding picking up trash so that the whole family gets involved and consciously aware of how much we all still have left to contribute, even in, if in a small way. Organize community events to clean the neighborhood and have local neighborhood watches where people can video violators and put a stop to repeat offenders polluting your town. And lastly, take a look at your own job. Is it truly providing today's world with a service that services or that serves this earth and humanity to greater harmony and fulfillment? Or is it contributing to destroying life, including bleeding, your dr bleeding you dry to the bone with no time for your own family and your community? If it's the latter, get the hell out now and make the difference we need. Because why? You have one life to live. Don't let something suck your soul dry 
And if it's sucking your soul dry, chances are it's because it's not needed any longer. Life should be enjoyable. It should be a pleasure. So everyone, there you have it. Yes, I got on my soapbox a little bit today and talked about my own frustrations and got very real with you about my feelings about what we're dealing with. And if you don't like my perspective, that is totally okay. There are billions of talk show hosts and plenty of mainstream media to go listen to and keep your own old narrative alive. Or you can be forward thinking and really pay attention as, as much as I am trying to to where we really, really need to be headed. If we're focused on a common goal and I'm wrong slightly even about any of this stuff, by all means, I invite you to enlighten me. I invite you to talk to me about it. I invite you to give me some feedback and help me because I'm not perfect either. I'm a human being. I'm a podcast host, eventually documentary filmmaker, you know, and I am just doing the best I can in, in this thing called life to help us move forward. But I'm seriously terrified about where my kids are going to be living and raising their family at this point in the future that we're about to be facing. So that's why this, this episode is here today, so that we can encourage each other and lift each other up, not tear each other down anymore. Let's do the right thing together. So happy Earth Day. Help me and help us all to save the life on this planet so that humanity can rise to a new height rather than falling harder than we ever have before. Let's rise up and make a difference right here, right now, today. Enjoy the springtime. Focus on the gratitude and what's yours to do. Please reach out to me at cuethecoach at yahoo.com or on Facebook at cuethecoach if you're interested in propelling any part of your life forward into a holistic manner. And I would love to help you get to the point where you're standing taller and making forward progress in your life, especially if you've been stuck. And also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it far and wide, rate it, review it, and provide me with any feedback you might have. Let me know what you would like to hear more about. Let me know how I can help you. Thank you, everyone. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.